Welcome to the Outside the Business Boxes podcast, where we're talking about how to ignite your business today for the future using systems for everything you do in your business to make your life, your employees' lives, and your customers' lives easier for you to ultimately enjoy your business and, of course, make more money. I'm your host, Chad Murray. I am super excited to be bringing you this podcast for the chimney services industry. Episode ground zero, the first, uno numero, the beginning, our inception. So here we go. If you're in the chimney services industry, this podcast is for you. Heck, even if you're in a home services industry, this podcast is for you. Running a chimney sweep business is really no different than from any standpoint from running a maid service a roofing company, plumbing service, or other home services industries. I'm heavy on teaching systems and entrepreneurship. The goal is to share mine and my guest resources to help you grow your business to where you want it to be and also make your business enjoyable. I've owned Master Services, Chimney and Wildlife for going on 22 years now. I've built my business to millions of dollars. I've gone to multiple states to run my business in. I did what most business owners have not been able to do or at least dream to do but just haven't figured out how to do it was I trained a management staff to run my business I uh, did it from within uh, they run it well uh, I trained and implemented everything that I did and then we've grown since together while they do the day-to-day I go do other things and and do what I want to do and so you know, it, 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 it's really the dream of what most people want to do. It's the it's the one step before you want to sell your business or maybe you never even need to sell your business. It's something that most, most I think most business owners can't see themselves doing because they can't relinquish the, um, what would you call it, the control. They can't give up control to someone else because they don't think anyone can do it as good as them. And, you know, that might be a certain truth where they can't do it exactly the way you do it. But if you manage the crew managing the company, you still aren't there every day dealing with the day-to-day, but you're still the direction of the company. I mean, I'm very well still the visionary in my company. It's certainly progressed us, uh, and, and over the last three or four years, it's definitely doubled our sales uh, and 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 growing exponentially I mean so the idea of stepping out and not working as much in the business and starting to work on the business has really opened up the eyes of my company and me and I've been able to take us to levels that I didn't think we could do uh, in some of our markets and 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 now I have a completely, completely, totally different vision on what is the limit of what I can keep doing. I used to think, at, like in the Dallas market, I'm not going to really get to over a million dollars. You know, with the competition, a million is going to be it. Well, we're, we're doing we're doing three million dollars uh, in Dallas a year now, and so and and I don't see it stop growing, and so I would. I'm duplicating that in our other markets. I see a future and an expansion uh, dream that with the systems that we have and the culture that we have, 
the sales uh, is going to grow due to my own growth of being behind the scenes. Now, you don't have to ever do that, but you do have to, in your mind, work on your business even if you're still in it. And so that's what this podcast is going to be really be directing us to is maybe you never want to really relinquish the control or or anything else, but if you could learn how to do what I've accomplished and what other people and my other guests uh, will be talking about as well, you can grow your company and it can be an easier day and and growth for you uh, than it certainly was for me. So that you know that's that's where I'm really coming at with where I want to go with the podcast is maybe maybe you you never have that control relinquished to anyone else, but maybe you can give up sections of control so that you can go play golf or go on a vacation and not worry about your business or or actually trust more people because trust comes and this is important for you to understand trust comes from people working your systems correctly and when they're doing what you're prescribing them to do then your business is running fluently and you don't have to oversee it and micromanage it and and complain all the time that I can never find good people. The reason most people can't find good people is they put people in bad scenarios and bad systems. And they don't know how to work their job properly. Now, of course, there are bad employees and, and that will never change. But you can, I, I promise you, if you start working systems in your business and starting with one little system or process that that can give guidance to every specific thing that your company does and you outline it and then you manage to make sure they're doing it and you're following up to make sure that it's all happening you'll take an average employee and make them great and you might even start building a culture that they want to start doing better and that's happened for us it's really i've had a couple people that we've almost fired uh in the last couple years that are still with us today that once we fixed where they kept having problems and we came up with a system to work that it's amazing that once they see and have some accountability and that we've worked a system to help them not make those mistakes and how much they all of a sudden seem to be and are better employees that is where i want to get the message out to my accomplishments of this carries over to everything you're going to do trickles down to your employees to your customers to future employees future customers all of that is what my business has become and you can have your business develop into that we're still developing we're still creating systems and getting down to the nitty little things that we can we can do and get better at uh, and train everybody. It's a process. I mean, it's absolutely a process. It's not something that you can take a class and go overnight for. It is something that you have to continually take classes and find new technologies and find new people in the industry that have done things um, and and stuff like that. So. With that, I'll give you a little backstory about me. 
I grew up in Wisconsin. I was born in Texas. By way of my dad met my mom when he was stationed in Wisconsin in the Army. They moved around a lot uh, while he was in the Army and then even after the Army. Had my brother and I. They ended up getting a divorce at the end of my first grade year. We were actually living in Tucson, Arizona at the time. And after the divorce, my dad moved back to Texas, Dallas-Fort Worth, and my mom ended up moving us up to La Crosse, Wisconsin. So my childhood was going to a Catholic school and summertimes we would be shipped down to my father uh, and spent the summers in Texas and the winters in Wisconsin. They, <laughs> yeah, they froze us in the winter and thawed us out in the summer. So it was an interesting childhood um, with both culture of total middle America experience. Still had dinner every night, essentially, with my dad and my, my mom. Uh, very good uh, child upbringing. We went from there. My summers, uh, finally, I met my wife in my summers. Then I stopped going to Texas. I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, we met in 10th grade. Uh, but before we got married, uh, graduated from high school, uh, joined the Army National Guard. The 77 Foxtrot at the time was a fuel handler, aviation fuel. Went to school to be an aviation mechanic, A&P mechanic. Didn't like it, not much for working on cars, and so I didn't kind of, I didn't compare the two, thinking that cars and airplanes were the kind of the same thing. <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't do really well. Plus, I was kind of a punk at the time, you know. So every 18, 19-year-old kid, was, you know, you go to from high school to uh, to college, you want to be treated like college and Sparta School of Aeronautics really keeps a tight grip on you, and it's kind of more like high school, and I expected a college experience. Great school, though. I mean, I definitely recommend it, but not for me. What I may have failed to mention is that Sparta School of Aeronautics is in Oklahoma. We had moved there. My now wife and then high school sweetheart had moved with me, and we just started our lives together at that point. Um needed to do something was delivering pizzas for a corporation up there that was in a few states a pizza corporation and ended up going to the training program for management in there and and did real well for a few years in the management there got my own store only after about a year and a half of of being assistant manager and really learned how to manage people and manage some systems that they had and they're a very good organization i'll even shout out to them it's Mazio's Corporation in Oklahoma. They're a, they're they're a very very respected pizza chain uh, and probably beating out uh, Domino's in Oklahoma uh, for uh, sales. But anyway, they uh, they really gave me a good grounding on on how to um, implement systems to help manage people. So that was a big that was a big deal for me. So. As I was doing that, I kind of got a little bit uh, at the time where I'm more of an entrepreneur. Uh, had some goals to maybe own my own franchise with them, but you know, God does some weird things to you sometimes, and He was pretty much telling me that pizza wasn't going to be the rest of my life, and so I decided to join the Marine Corps. I'd already been in the Army National Guard. I was doing my last year of uh, of 
of non-serving, so I had two years of non-serving, so I decided to join the Marine Corps, got into the Marine Corps, was in boot camp, long story short, got ready to graduate, become a Marine on our on our final march that you do to uh, earn your uh, the, the Marine Corps insignia and be called the Marine, and lo and behold, my recruiter gets busted for putting people in and lying on their financials, and I get pulled in and long story long story short they they made me leave because I had too much debt so here I was just about to be a marine a real life marine went through all the training literally all they had to do is the final march and they kicked me out <laughs> I, mean, I mean it was devastating uh, but I did pretty much you know, I learned a lot through that, you know, that uh, experience. Went back to the uh, Mazios for a little while and and just really kind of that last, I was with Mazios for about one more year after that. And it was good because it gave me a little time to kind of regroup, knowing that I didn't want to be in pizza that long. But I, but they, they were a very good corporation and welcomed me, welcomed me back with open arms. And so... Within about a year of that, uh, I had uh, decided that I wanted to start my own business. And so, was always washing windows, knew a window washing guy that I'd helped with, you know, helped get Mazio's accounts. And so, I, I decided to quit Mazio's with a little savings and my wife and I, and my one, oh, my oldest child at the time, the only child I had at the time, my daughter, my first daughter, moved to Texas to start washing windows. Yes, as a chimney sweep, I started as a window washer. And to tell you that story, I um, got pretty busy uh, washing windows, I was doing, doing commercial windows and Found the residential side, which was nice because they paid you when they were done and paid you better than going to a Taco Bell and getting 15 bucks for 20 minutes worth of work. So the commercial side of the windows was okay, but I started looking for other avenues and income sources to make my income consistent. So I looked into other things that are compatible with the window washing service and I found that pressure washing sidewalks and stuff like that would be a good addition to the window washing business. So I started a pressure washing service along with my window washing business. And <laughs> this is where one of my first lessons to you would be Whenever you start a new service or a new business or even a new product in your business, be very sure on how you're going to do it because I've got a great story for it to tell you. So I went and bought all the stuff to start a pressure washing side service. And I went to Home Depot, bought their, and I'm quoting, industrial commercial pressure washer, end quote, 
pressure washing machine and then bought about 300 feet of hose. Now at the time, I my logo was, was a black faded scenario and so I thought I would buy 300 feet of this black hose. So everything looked really good. My pressure washer was black. My logo was black. My uniform was black. My hose was black. And I then started to go sell my services. I went to a local building site of, a, of an apartment complex being built and I walked into the construction trailer. First sale, by the way. First place I stopped and asked to see the GC and just right out of the box said, hey, I'm Chad Murray. Uh, I do pressure washing in windows. Do you need either service? He goes, I'm actually looking for a pressure washing company now. I said, okay, yep, I do that. He goes, I want you to, can, can you do parking lots? And I was like, and streets. And I'm like, of course I can. Not having any clue. I hadn't even, here's the funny thing. I hadn't even taken the pressure washer out of the box yet and turned it on to even pressure wash my own driveway. <laughs> so I really literally did not know anything about the business. But I knew I had the equipment and I knew I could go out and sell it. So I did. So the guy goes, okay. And I don't remember what day it was. It was later in the week. Let's say it was a Thursday. So he says, can you start Monday? And well, I want you to pressure wash around the clubhouse, the sidewalk and the street. Okay, so I did. I show up on Monday. Uh, I hook up my hose, about 200 feet of it, all the way to my um, machine. And him and his, I actually just got done hooking it up, and I'm walking back to the machine to crank it up to start, start. And the guy that hired me, the GC, and his boss show up, talk to me, say hi, you know, and I'm telling him, you know, I'm about to get going. And 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 a nice little small talk and, and they're like okay and so they stand back and <laughs> I go crank up the machine and to back up to the story if, if you're from Texas you would know this if you're from the north which like I said I was half born or half raised in Wisconsin uh, but never ever dealt with hose that much uh, I turned on what I thought black hose was, which was normal hose, and it was not. So all you Southerners who are laughing right now that know what soaker hose is, I bought 300 feet of soaker hose, and I ran it through a fire hydrant, and the soaker hose expanded from a, like a one and a half inch diameter to a four inch diameter with the pressure coming through it from the fire hydrant, and was looked like a uh, water park amusement of, of sprinklers coming out of it squirting up about 10 feet tall and I looked at it going I my first thought was I bought defective hose you know <laughs> you know it has holes in it it's leaking everywhere and I and I looked over at the GC and his boss and and I could see the disgust in the GC's face as he looks at me and 
And I go running, you know, to the hydrant to turn it off. And it was it was pretty bad experience. I ended up being fired off the job, obviously. Uh, ended up taking back all the, the defective hose, which was not defective, and my pressure washer and decided that I had been defeated enough to uh, stick with windows to 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 maintain my income and sanity because it was such a failure so yeah so i decided to uh stay with windows and i got pretty busy uh, doing that and so i hired my first employee and one rainy day in august in texas which it doesn't rain a lot in august in texas but 22 years ago it did we couldn't go do windows for about a week because it rained all week. My first employee goes, who was laid off from a chimney company, goes, we could still be making money today in the rain. As a matter of fact, we'd be busy. So that was the spark that got lit into me to become a chimney service in Dallas, Texas, which a lesson learned here is, is everybody that I knew in Dallas was telling me after I told them I was going to be a chimney service in Texas that I was nuts. Crazy. It's 105 degrees today. Kind of not knowing the business as much as, as uh, I did then. I just looked at them and said, well, I'm just giving it a shot. See what happens. And as we progressed into the fall... The phone books came out. My wife running the call center went from really zero to one or two calls a day to, as all of you know, your first year in business when the phone books used to hit, uh, she all of a sudden started taking 50 calls a day and maybe even 100. It was, I mean, off the bat. You just, it's, it's like they got the phone books out in two, three days, all of Dallas, Fort Worth. It was, we had a cold spell come in. I was busier than I ever knew what I could do with, and it was crazy. So we persisted in staying with the chimney business at that time, and still was doing windows a little bit for the first year, and and kind of into the second year, we, we were scaling down the windows because the chimney business was starting to flourish. I mean... In a day, as you all know, we can go out and do the amount of money we're doing versus the best day in a window uh, with two two or even three employees was seven eight hundred dollars. Well, shoot, a uh, two chimney caps in one day is well netting over that. So we just decided to to take the and and stop doing the windows to stay with chimneys, and we just started to grow the business. I mean, from just knowing sweeping. Mortar crowns, flue caps, and tuck points is really all I knew. I didn't even know there was even a certification even available at the time. So we started just progressing our business and doing, you know, from the, the, the middle of America country values that we had, we, we, we wouldn't screw over any customers. We did what we said. I became very good at the five things I knew and started expanding it to obviously waterproofing and and flashing and and a better chimney caps and so 
as we did that, you know, all of a sudden I'm, I've grown into a, a 10 employee company where there's two people in the call center, me and and four or five uh, sales slash t chimney technicians. And here we're off to the races where we've hit a million dollars and things are things are really looking up for us. And 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 we just started to build from there. And so to make the short bio here, we expanded to Oklahoma City, Houston, Atlanta and Denver. And so we've since then closed down Atlanta and Denver. Uh, really, long distance, didn't have the systems back then. Uh, if I had to reopen them or, or chose to, it'd be way easier with the way we do stuff now. It cost me more money, but it, it, would, it would be a good deal. But we're as busy as in Oklahoma and Texas as we can get, and we're still growing. As we were growing and we started getting up there and we... I made it up to around 35 employees uh, year-round and boosting up to 52 to 60 employees in the uh, fall and winter seasons. I was starting to get to the point where I needed to hire managers underneath me and I didn't really know how to do that. So I just took the best employees that I had or really one of my best sales slash employee and then uh and then added another one at the same time to start training them how to manage my company and i trained them how to manage my company and we gave it a, a end of the year deal to hand over the keys to them to run the day-to-day -day, and that's what i did i would still focus well, actually at first to be you know, you know totally clear as i i took off a few months to which I still had to help a lot out, but I mean, I really, really was, I really, I mean, for the month of January, I think I put myself on do not call me unless there's someone falls off the roof or uh, huge check bounces or something like that. But I, I took my break, you know, came back to start working with this, with the management team more and, and just started doing that. And then as that flowed through a few years, I, I tried a bunch of small little businesses that I thought were hobbyist type of stuff and trying to find something to do uh, outside of the chimney business and uh, just, you know, I don't know, just kind of testing my feelers. So essentially, after the, you know, getting out of the Marine Corps uh, basic or boot camp, I, uh, I had really just done chimney work and built my business and, and uh, not that I was tired of it, just I didn't really know what else I could do, so... I, you know, I, I, I did some other minor stuff and kind of, and not that I was lost. I enjoyed myself on, on some things that I did, but still wasn't finding any fulfillment. So I, one Sunday back in late 2017, I had taken fielded three phone calls from friends of mine that are entrepreneurs on their own little businesses asking me what I would do in their situations. And I had already talked to them, I mean, a couple of, one of them on a weekly basis all the time about a business. The other two kind of intermittently over the years, you know, they'd call me up when they had big issues, what would I do? Or, you know, they'd run stuff by me. And it just, I spent the, that day with all three of them and spent about six or seven hours on the phone with them. And it kind of hit me. It's like, there's something to this that I enjoy. And so I decided to 
start researching and reading books about business coaching and consulting and and I end up getting uh, approved to be in the uh, the professional the PBCA which is the professional coaches um, alliance or you know so I just I was all about everything I do about being a business coach and so I've been coaching now I got certified in 2019 in March and I've had five or six big clients already and and things are going well but I still even in the coaching as much as I'm like there's something more to this coaching that I can be doing of something more of what I know than just helping out a landscaper or a roofer and 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 that's when it, it hit me one day. And actually all the coaches in my association that I'm in were like, you need to stick with your niche. Find your niche. Well, chimney and fireplaces is my real niche. It's my passion. It has been for 23 years, 22 years. So here we are. We're at my first podcast, episode one, my intro into who I am. Where I want to go with this is to serve you and anyone else in the chimney business that could enlighten you on how you could make your business better. I And that's my goal. I mean, if, if, if I can do that, that makes me feel better. I've accomplished what I want to do with the calling I feel in the coaching industry is to help the people that, that have helped me, whether or not I know you or not, this industry and what it's given me and my family. So... That's where I'm going with this podcast, and I pray that you can use everything I'm going to do in the future, and it can make your business better. We'll be talking about a lot of systems. I'll be interviewing some people, and we'll just go from there. So thank you very much for listening for the last 30-some-odd minutes to me and my experiences in the industry. So... With that, I look to hear and see you in the future and let the systems begin in our chimney industry that I can help you with and the people that I'll have on here in the future to really get everybody sparked and enlightened in how to better their business and how to grow it through actually not working in it, but working on it. To that end, if you'd like to get a contact with me, go ahead and email me, chad at outside the business box or chad at masterservices.com. It's been a pleasure talking and meeting with you guys today. And for the future for our podcast, I'm super excited to get us going in the industry and talking about our industry and and, and not just the industry, anybody in, out there that has a service business that can implement a lot of the stuff we'll be dealing with and talking about. Systems for call centers, systems for implementation of new products, systems that help you manage the business, systems that you can take to your employees, to your customers, to make your life easier. So that's what we're here about at Outside the Business Box is getting you to do that. Working on not anything.